This is The Kingdom at Hand from Hosanna Free Lutheran Church in St. James, Minnesota, and I am Pastor Joe Faldette. This is the outdoor version of my sermon, Sin Spreads, from Judges 18. We pray that God would bless you through this. I'm glad that everything went well last week. We're happy to be back. We thank you for all your prayers and allowing us to take a week of vacation and spend some time away. And Yeah, really, though, I kind of missed Hosanna. <laughs> Miss coming here and worshiping with you all. But with that, our sermon today is going to be from Judges. It's actually going to be all of Judges 18, uh, since it's kind of one, well, it's half of a story. But uh, if you guys would please rise if you're able as we read Judges 18, all 31 verses that read in Jesus' name. In those days there was no king in Israel, and And in those days, the tribe of the people of Dan was seeking for itself an inheritance to dwell in. For until then, no inheritance among the tribes of Israel had fallen to them. So the people of Dan sent five able men from the whole number of their tribe, from Zorah and from Eshtol, to spy out the land and explore it. And they came to them, go and explore the land. And they came to the hill country of Ephraim, to the house of Micah, and lodged there. When they were by the house of Micah, they recognized the voice of the young Levite. And they turned aside and said to him, Who brought you here? What are you doing in this place? What is your business here? And he said to them, This is how Micah dealt with me. He has hired me, and I have become his priest. And they said to him, Inquire of God, please, that we may know whether the journey on which we are setting out will succeed. And the priest said to them, Go in peace. The journey on which you go is under the eye of of the Lord. Then the five men departed and came to Laish and saw the people who were there, how they lived in security after the manner of the Sidonians, quiet and unsuspecting, lacking nothing that is in the earth, and possessing wealth, and how they were far from the Sidonians and had no dealings with anyone. And when they came to their brothers at Zorah and Eshtol, their brothers said to them, What do you report? They said, Arise and let us go up against them, for we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And will you do nothing? Do not be slow to go, to enter in and possess the land. As soon as you go, you will come to an unsuspecting people. The land is spacious, for God has given it into your hands, a place where there is no lack of anything that is in the earth. So six hundred men of the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zor and Eshtol, and went up and encamped at kiriath Jerim in Judah. On this account, that place is called Menahan, Me, Mahaneh, Dan to this day. Behold, it is west of Kiriath Jerim. And they passed on from there to the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. Then the five men who had gone to scout out the country of Laish said to their brothers, Do you know that in these houses there is an ephod, household gods, a carved image, and a metal image? Now therefore consider what you will do. And they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite, to the home of Micah, and asked him about his welfare. Now the six hundred men of the Danites, armed with their weapons of war, stood by the entrance of the gate. And the five men who had gone to scout out the land went up and entered and took the carved image, the ephod and the household gods and the metal image, while the priest stood by the entrance of the gate with the six hundred men armed with weapons of war. And when these went into Micah's house and took the carved image, the ephod, the household gods and the metal image, the priest said to them, What are you doing? And they said to him, Keep quiet, put your hand on your mouth and come with us, and be to us a father and a priest. 
Is it better for you to be a priest to the house of one man or to be priest to a tribe and clan in Israel? And the priest's heart was glad. He took the ephod and the household gods and the carved image and went along with the people. So they turned and departed, putting the little ones and the livestock and the goods in front of them. When they had gone a distance from the home of Micah, the men who were in the houses near Micah's house were called out, and they overtook the people of Dan. And they shouted to the people of Dan, who, who turned around and said to Micah, What's the matter with you that you come out with such a, com- with such a company? And he said, You take away my gods that I made and the priest and go away? What have I left? How then do you ask me, what is the matter with you? And people of Dan said to him, Do not let your voice be heard among us, lest angry fellows fall upon you and you lose your life with the lives of your household. And the people of Dan went their way. And when Micah saw that they were too strong for him, he turned and went back to his home. But the priest of Dan took what Micah had made, and the priest who belonged to him, and they... And the people of Dan took what Micah had made and the priest who belonged to him. And they came to Laish, to a people quiet and unsuspecting, and struck them with the edge of the sword and burned the city with fire. And there was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon. And they had no dealings with anyone. It was in the valley that belonged to Beth Rahab. And they rebuilt the city and lived in it. And they named the city Dan after the name of Dan, their ancestor, who was born to Israel. But the name of the city was Laish at the first. And the people of Dan set up the carved image for themselves. And Jonathan, the son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. And they set up Micah's carved image that he made as long as the house of God was at Shiloh. Let us pray. Father, as we come now to study your word, to, to see what this story has for us, Lord, to apply it to our lives, we pray that you would bless us, that you would be glorified, Lord, and that, yeah, Father, that you would encourage us to walk with you closer. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So, as, you know, how much, how much time do we have? Because there's a lot of things I could talk about in this text. You know, we could talk about how bad it is to be isolated, because what happened to the Sidonians when they were isolated? Well, they were all destroyed. The people of Dan were able to come in and wipe them out because they were all alone. That's something to be thinking about too. You know, don't be like the Sidonians. We could talk about bad pastors because that's kind of what Micah was. He was a bad pastor. He was there for the money. And so what happens when more money comes along? You leave. And you go to the place with more money, with more prestige, with more power. But I don't really want to talk about that because I don't want you thinking that I'm a bad pastor. Um... Today we're going to talk about sin. Talk about how sin, how sin spreads in this world. How it, how it starts out small. Because really, what's going on here is one of well, it's one of the things that we see is we see this infection of sin starting out with one man. We see it starting out with Micah. Not not even the priest, not even the Levite, but it starts out with Micah, and this is. Theoretically, and so the book of Judges, as far as I can tell, wasn't written chronolo- in, in a chronology. It, it seems to me, and take that with a grain of salt. And so Miriam, yesterday when I told you that when I'm preaching, I always, I always take things seriously. This one you take with a grain of salt. Um, that it seems that the purpose of the book of Judges was to show how Israel, 
not just the northern kingdom, but also the southern kingdom, how these people who had so much, who were given so much, because they had, you know, they saw the pillar, they saw the fire, they were brought through the Jordan, or not through the Jordan, well, they were brought through the Jordan as well, they were brought through the Red Sea. They had seen all of these miracles, these people who were given the oracles of God. How these people who had so much, they had prophets, they had priests, they had judges, they had so much, how did this people descend into such wickedness? And it seems that the book of Judges is just demonstrating that and it keeps building and it keeps building as you go on. And so it's not written in a chronology. It's written in a logical format, bringing, a, uh, bringing an argument to bear. This is, you know, argumentative writing. I actually had a class like that in college. And, and this reminds me of that argumentative writing. And so this is, seems to be pretty early in the beginning of Israel because this is Jonathan, the son of Gershom, the son of Moses. And he, so he is at least, or at most, three generations away from Moses. So this is like right after Joshua dies. Right after Joshua dies, we see this happening. This is where it's starting. So put that in your mind with this chronology. That's when it seems to be. That's scary because that's early. That's early on and we have Micah here already leaving behind the oracles of God, doing things in the way that they ought not to be done. Because, you know, he's got that whole blessing and curse thing down, but he doesn't understand this whole priest thing yet. You know, that the worship was supposed to be in Shiloh, that it wasn't supposed to be in your house. He, they hadn't gotten rid of this idea of idols that, you know, we, the Lord, Yahweh, doesn't want an idol that you sit and you worship in front of. Because once you start worshiping in front of something specific, you start worshiping that thing. And so, you know, and those idols, they were a big deal. Because what did Micah do when they were stolen? He went after them and he says, now what am I going to do? You know, he can't talk to God anymore because, you know, those idols, they were like a walkie-talkie to them. Except they were one direction. You know, you could talk through the idol to the God. The better the idol you have, the better your connection. The worse the idol, the cheaper it was. If it was made out of wood instead of stone if it, or metal, you know, you don't have as good of a connection because the, the God isn't quite as honored at that point. That's why the temples and the idols got to be so amazing because the nicer your idol, the better your chance of getting God to hear, the God to hear. So we see Micah here at the beginning working with this sin and he's getting some things wrong. He's getting this whole idol thing wrong. He's getting this household ephod thing wrong. He's getting this Levite thing wrong. This Levite, he's not meant to be a priest. He was meant just to be a teacher. He wasn't meant to be a go-between between Micah and the Lord. That was the place for the priests. He was meant just to bring the oracles of God, to bring the truth of God, to bring the law of God to the people. That was the job of the Levites. Not to be a go-between. Just like me. I'm not your go-between. You know, you don't come to Joe in order to talk to Jesus. You guys, you talk to Jesus. You know, they weren't supposed to go to the Levites to talk to God. They were supposed to go to the temple to talk to God. So we talk to God through Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. I don't want to get into that. That's a rabbit trail. So Micah's getting this wrong. Micah doesn't understand this stuff properly. And so what happens then when you've got an ignorant Levite who comes along? Or even, we hope ignorant. 
he might be malicious because he might just be a greedy Levite. Might be a greedy pastor, a greedy minister. You know, that might be what's going on. He's here for the money. He's here for the pride. He's here for the position. He's here for ease. Actually, we had a parishioner here. Uh, it was Arnie Anderson passed away. Um, and Arnie said, he's, he saw me out. We were doing tree trimming one day, and I was out with my chainsaw trimming up some trees. And he, he looks at me and goes, I don't think I've ever seen a pastor work. <laughs> I go, what, what do you mean, Arnie? He goes, well, my last pastor... I asked him how he liked being a pastor one day, and he goes, well, it's the most money for the least amount of work that I could find. That pastor should have been given a chainsaw. Um, But they exist. And so we have a greedy Levite here that's just trying, in ignorance maybe, just thinking, you know what, I'm a Levite, and hey, I've got this guy offering me this stuff. We're hoping it's ignorance. That he's coming and he's taking advantage of the situation. But Micah sinned then, because Micah didn't know the truth, that then affected this Levite. And this Levite now becomes a priest, but the problem with this Levite is he's a Levite. He's got a name, he's got a a position, he's got this lineage behind him, and so now it raises in power. It goes from this one, you know, fairly rich guy, Micah, but now it's affecting more. Sin always starts out small. It doesn't start out big. It starts out small starts out small in Micah and then it moves. And it moves into a position of greater power. If it's not dealt with there, it moves into this position of greater power. And then that sin starts to have more influence because now it's affected a Levite. And from this Levite, because he's a Levite, because he's known, because notice that when these men and came through, these five valiant men, as I don't remember what translation that was that you were reading from last night, Benny, but in the, whatever translation that Benny was reading from last night, it was valiant men, and this was able men. And so these are warriors. They already know Jonathan. Jonathan's already known. You got five random dudes that hear a voice, and they're like, I know that voice. You know, you have to know someone pretty well to be able to say that. And so this Jonathan is well known. He has authority. And now he's deceived because of Micah. Now he's got a position of power because of Micah, in sin because of Micah. And he picked that up and he ran with that. And so now he's deceiving the spies too. Because the spies come to him and say, hey, what are you doing here? And he goes, I'm a priest now. They say, cool, talk to God for us. And so you know what Jonathan does? He doesn't stop and say, no, no, that's not my job. You go to Shiloh. He says, all right, I'll do that. I can do that. I've got this place. I've got this position. I've got this cool ephod that I can pull the, you know, the Urim and the Thummimim out of because that was how they cast lots. That's how the priests spoke, you know, heard back from God. They cast lots. And so he's got this ephod. He's got the ability. So he pulls out and he casts the lots. Now he has established himself as a go-between. He has established himself as a mediator. And so he has now deceived the five and he's deceived himself more. So this sin is spreading in Jonathan's life and the sin is now spreading out into the lives of the people around him. And this is why, brothers and sisters, this is why we don't play with sin. We don't play with sin. We don't let it into our lives in any way. If there is any place in your life that God is convicting you of sin, you stop and you deal with it right then because you have no idea where this sin is going to spread. 
especially in a land of ignorance like America is today. America is a land of ignorance to the oracles of God. People don't know God's word. People don't know God's truth. I, I'm looking around and I'm thinking, I don't, I don't think people know up from down anymore. They don't know black from white. They, they can't tell that two plus two equals four. You know, that's actually a debate that's going on in scholarly circles. No, we can say 2 plus 2 equals 5. How would that work, Brian, for our mathematics if 2 plus 2 starts to equal 5? You know, think about that. That's going on in America right now. Fuzzy math. Huh. I'm not going to get into that either. We're living in a land of ignorance. And so where there is ignorance, sin just spreads rapidly. And so that's why we, who are Christians, we call ourselves Christians, we need to deal with our sin. We need to walk in righteousness. Because if I, as a pastor, if I'm, you know, say I'm a pastor and I'm going out there and, I don't know, going to the bar, getting drunk and swearing. Now what do people see? Well, he's a pastor. He's a representative of Christ. So this is what Christians do. You know, this is what Christians do. That means it's okay for me to do it. And so now, well, you know, but, but I've got freedom, right? I, I'm not judged because of my sin. No, but my sin, that's a witness. And that's a witness that's going to lead other people astray. And so if I call myself a Christian, I say, you know what? I'm a follower of Jesus. Now I've got that responsibility to actually be a follower of Jesus. Not to just claim to be a follower of Jesus, to, but to be it, to live it to embody it. Like, this is what I do. I'm not a pastor only when I'm preaching here Sunday mornings. I'm a pastor wherever I go. Everywhere. Because it's amazing to me. People come up to me and ask, are you a pastor or something? What? Well, yeah. Or they'll ask, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm a pastor. Now they're watching. They're already watching. Now they're really watching. You say, I'm a Christian? They say, this person's representing Jesus to the world. So this is why we deal with sin, because our sin as Christians spreads out. It spreads out because people will come to us. How many of you have ever asked, had someone ask you to pray for them? Anyone here? You are witnessing. You are witnessing, A, that God hears prayer, but now everyone's look, those people are watching your lives. Because now you are... You are showing them what it means to be a Christian. This is why we deal with our sin. This is why we repent. This is why we walk in righteousness. Because how many of you people want, how many of you want more unrighteousness in our country? Anybody here? Like, I really want America to be less godly. No. No. How do we deal with that? It's by dealing with it in my life. I can't allow that in my life. I can't allow there to be division between me and my wife. I have to love her as Christ loved the church because that's a witness into this world. She is actually supposed to honor me as hard as that is for her. <laughs> because that's a witness into this world. You know, that's why we had that panel. That's why we have the men doing what they're doing here in Hosanna because we're a witness into this world. We're a witness into this world so we walk in righteousness because sin spreads. It spread next to the five, and then it spreads from the five into the whole tribe of Dan. It just keeps getting wider and wider. 
It goes from one man in Ephraim to his household. Then it goes from that household, it goes into the Levite. And from the Levite, it goes into the five spies. From the five spies, it goes into the people of Dan. You can't track this in your own lives. It goes into the whole tribe of Dan because then we see in verse 14, Then the five men who had gone to scout out the country of Laish said to their brothers, Do you know that in these houses there is an ephod, household gods, a carved image, and a metal image? Now therefore consider what you will do. And they turned aside there and came to the house of the young Levite. And asked him about his welfare. But they didn't just stop there. They took, they took the Levite. Verse 20, and the priest's heart was glad. They bribed him. They said, hey, you're going to have more money. You're going to have more power. You're going to be a priest over a whole tribe. And he goes, awesome. This is what I wanted. I wanted to rise in the hierarchy. And the priest's heart was glad. And he took the ephod. And the household gods and the carved image and went along with the people. Now it's not the Danites stealing, but now we see that the priest himself is stealing. And so the sin continues to deepen and it continues to get wider. And now this Levite, who ought never to have been a priest, who is worshiping God in false ways, who is leading the people astray, is now over this whole group of Dan. This whole tribe of Dan. And so when... When I hear pastors say, well, but people are coming to my church. I'm like, that doesn't mean that what you're doing is right. Size isn't the definition of right versus wrong. By the grace of God, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am as well, Jesus says. So the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod and the household gods and the carved image and went along with the people. So it gets wider. But you know what? Sin doesn't just get wider. It goes longer and longer, and longer. Look at verse 30. And the people of Dan set up the carved image for themselves, and Jonathan, the son of Gershom, son of Moses, and his sons were priests to the tribe of the Danites until the day of the captivity of the land. How long did Micah's sin continue? Until the captivity of the land. Until Assyria came in, until God said, you are done. You're cut off. The Danites, we don't know where they are. As a tribe, they no longer exist. It continued. Why do I deal with my sin today? Because I can promise you, my sin will affect my wife and my children. You know that my grand, the sins of my grandparents affect me? You know, I look at my life and I'm like, what, where did that come from? Like, why am I a yeller when I get mad? Do you know that Grandma and Grandpa Faldette weren't? But Grandma and Grandpa Helgeson were. So that passed through Mom, passed into me. And so I watched those patterns. Those patterns continued. Those sins continue. And now that I've established that that's a pattern, that's a sinful pattern that I ought not, not that it's always wrong to yell. There's time for it, especially if you're working with cattle. <laughs> There's a time to yell. Um, but I, don't, I never worked with pigs. Maybe that's a time to yell too. That's a time to yell too. <laughs> but those patterns exist and they continue until they're dealt with. And so what do we do? 
We deal with our sins, but then when we establish, no, that's a sinful pattern. We see this going on in America right now. We see these sinful patterns being established. What do we do? In our own lives, when we find them, we repent. We confess and we repent. We say, that is sin, because that's what confession is. That is sin. It's sin for me to yell at my children until they finally submit. You know what? That's sin. That's not the way to do this. That's not righteousness in any way, shape, or form. That's sin. I needed to confess that. I need to say that that's sin. I don't have a right to do that. So now when I do that, I have to apologize to my children because that's part of repentance. That's confession towards them. That's repentance. That's saying, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to battle against the sinful tendency that's within me. I'm going to battle that. That's repentance. I'm going to turn and walk in righteousness. I'm going to turn back to God and walk in his ways. How does God discipline me? Maybe that's the way that I should do it to my children. Does God stand there and scream at me? Thank God he doesn't. Um, He doesn't stand there and scream at me until I finally do his way, do it his way. That's not God disciplines. So now I have to discipline in godly manners, strive towards that in righteousness. And so now when I see someone doing that, I actually have a platform that I can speak to them from. Because it's not that I'm more righteous. It's not that I'm more holy. Because you know what? I sin just as much as anybody. Maybe not Julie, but as much as anybody else. I sin as much as they do. You do. No offense to lump you in the same category as me. But you know, when I see sin in your life, now I can say, Lindy, even though the sin is in your life, I can show you how to deal with it. First thing is you label it. You say, God, you bring, come to God. You bring it to God and say, this is sin. Forgive me. This is sin. I don't have the right to do this. And because of the promise of Jesus Christ, we have forgiveness. God has promised us forgiveness. As true as it is, as it is that Jesus died on the cross, so true as it is that my sin is forgiven. I can look at that point in history and say, that happened. He died and he rose again. My sin is paid for, so I don't have to hold on to that anymore. This is what you do. Don't allow it to live in your life anymore. Confess it as sin and walk in righteousness. And I don't say that because I'm better because I've never dealt with the sin that you're dealing with. I've never dealt with the patience that you deal with. <laughs> but I say this is, this is what God has done. This is how God has called us to do this. And now that's our platform. That's how we witness. That's one of the ways. Say, well, you think you're, are you judging me? It's like, no, I'm not judging you. I am in the same place that you are except I'm forgiven. Do you want to be forgiven? Because had someone stepped in, and you know what? People did step in. God sent prophets. But the Danites, they didn't listen. And this sin spread generation after generation after generation. And we as Christians need to be speaking truth into this world so it doesn't spread to the next generation. Because I don't want the sins of today spreading into, you know, Miriam's children and Isaiah's children and Anton's children. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see the sins of today spreading into Kate's children. I don't want to see that. I want to see these things stopped. I want to see them end. And so we need to be preaching forgiveness, but also confession and acknowledgement that these things are sin. Because if it's not dealt with, it continues to spread and spread and spread from generation to generation to generation until finally it grows so big and it gets so bad that God says, you're done. 
you're done. Because that happens. If God did that to Israel, do you think God would be unwilling to do that to America? God did it to Israel, his, representat- his representatives into this world. He'll do it to us. He'll do it to this nation. He'll do it to this church if we walk away from him. He'll shut it down. If our sin continues to grow up, it's not dealt with. If my sin, my unseen sins, the ones that you guys never see, if those things aren't dealt with in my life, they will spread. Because there's evidence that what happened in Samaria when um, Jeroboam became king of the northern kingdom, that they got their priests from Dan. And so what happened to Samaria? The sins of Jeroboam that spread all throughout Israel, all throughout the days of Israel. The northern kingdom. Where did that come from? Micah. Not dealing with his sin. Affecting Jonathan, who didn't deal with his sin who affected the spies, who didn't deal with their sin, who affected the tribe of Dan, who didn't deal with their sin, who affected generation after generation of Danites, who didn't deal with their sin, who affected the whole nation of Israel, who didn't deal with their sin, until God brought in the Assyrians and killed them all and exported those who didn't die. Who here wants that? So what do we do? Today, we deal with our sin. Come to Jesus and say, Forgive me. When you, you know what you say, I don't have anything in my life that to forgive. Well, praise God. When he reveals it to you, when he convicts you, at that point say, I'm stopping. Forgive me. Forgive me for that sin. And you know what? He will. And if we confess our sins, as 1 John 1, 9 says, if, he, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. But what's the second part of that? Cleanse us. To cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How do we deal with this? We bring it to God in forgiveness, for forgiveness, and he cleanses us. He removes it from our lives. He gives us that gumption. He reminds us before it happens. The Holy Spirit comes in and says, you know, you're starting to lose your cool. You know, you're in a situation that's dangerous. You know that thing you're about to say? Don't say it. That's the Holy Spirit coming and convicting us then, even beforehand, cleansing us from unrighteousness. That willpower that you're able to say, you know, I gave into that last week, but I'm not giving into that this week. What's going on? That's the Holy Spirit cleansing us from all unrighteousness. That's how this works. That's the power of God in our lives. In our lives. Because you know what? As scary as this sin is, righteousness does the same thing. And with this, I'll close. The kingdom of God is like mustard seed. The kingdom of God is like leaven. Marie, how much leaven do you put in your bread to bake a whole loaf? Make a whole batch. Just a little bit. So what will your little bit of righteousness do to leaven this loaf that we're living in? Amen. Let us pray. Father, we praise you. 
I praise you for this story and I pray that I would be terrified. But not just terrified, but also hopeful and rejoicing that you forgive me and that my righteousness can actually spread. Lord, as impatient as I get sometimes, you have promised, may your kingdom come into our lives and into this world through us. We thank you that we can be loving. Lord, and I pray that we would not be sour, but that we would be clean leaven, bringing joy into this world. Lord, we praise you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. With that, I will call up our praise team to close us off with Jay. No, that's not the right one. There's something about that name. If you'd please rise as we close.